You're listening to Witch Wednesdays, your weekly podcast source for all things witchcraft in the modern world. Welcome back to Witch Wednesdays. I'm Steph, and I have a guest here with me today to chat about her upcoming book. So I'm going to go ahead and let her introduce herself and let you know where you can find her online. Hello, all. My name is Jamie Della, and I'm an ordained priestess, healer, Chicana witch, and mentor. I've authored 10 books now, and I maintain two blogs and an herbal column for which, uh, which is in Pagan Magazine. And you can find me at jamiedella.com or on Instagram or TikTok as Jamie Della Writes. And it's J-A-M-I-E. So just so you know, and Della, D-E-L-L-A, which means of the, as in Della Luna, Della Tierra, Della Montañas. But I am Jamie Della, which is my grandmother's name. That means of the. So I am always becoming a new version of my divine feminine goddess self. And that's me. <laughs> that is beautiful. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> and that is quite an impressive history of work there. Ten books oh. small feet. Yeah. Well, it, you know, when you've been at it for 23 years, that does help. <laughs> so. Well, let's start then sort of at the beginning of just because you have a very, you know, interesting storied history, obviously, of doing this so long and the different things, priestess and author and all of that. How did you even get started? Let's go back to the beginning. Okay. Well, I always give credit to my uh, maternal grandmother who crossed over the month before I was born. And I feel that we met in that long hallway in between the life and death. And she passed on to me this notion she was my grandmother coco if anyone's you know if you've seen the disney movie she was yes. the person yes 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 she was a person that kept me close to our ancestry our family has been in southern california since the late 1700s so she kept me connected to that family family lineage and this idea that you could speak to photographs and they could speak back to you and that you could have a conversation with people who had crossed over and in a Mexican household that's not really that strange so that was kind of my first start with that there was really no barrier between me and other worlds so that's a really important start and then my other grandmother was a psychic tarot reader so she in the 70s and the 80s she was cruising around the world, like on Prince's Cruise Lines as their resident tarot reader. So she told me about 1111 and soul families and how spirits can visit you, but you as a human being get to say no, if you don't want to deal with it, if you're trying to sleep or you're a child and you're nine years old and all the ancestors are coming to talk to you because they think, oh, it's like a porch light she left on for us. You know, she's listening. <laughs> so, um, you know, having that metaphysical surrounding me. And then I was actually raised in the Christian science faith, which is the one people always say, oh, is that the one Tom Cruise? I said, no, no, no. We're the ones that, that don't believe in doctors. I mean, we believe they exist. We just don't always need them, especially in the very beginning. Of course, if something starts going really bobo zigzag and haywire, you do turn towards Western medicine for that 
immediate fix. But when you are in your daily practice of living your life, tending to the herbs and your personal thoughts and the way you treat yourself is the most important way for us to achieve that wholeness, which is how all healing begins. Wow. <laughs> it's a bit of a mouthful. I get it, but it was, it was just this way that I was raised. I, I always believed that I had the potential to heal to heal anything, to heal um, my broken body, to heal my broken mind, my broken heart, that it was a matter of connecting with the divine source within me and that those higher realms that hold us and protect us and sprinkle magic on our path every single day. Is that sort of the path that led you to wanting to become a priestess? That was the path that just was kind of unfolding. Like now, you know, we have, we take pictures for Instagram or TikTok and we try to make it pretty and appealing. And for me, magic isn't always that pretty and appealing. You just are drawn to it. You just start to feel like I just bought a new house. It feels like I need to bless it. And so you just follow your instincts towards that. So I feel like my upbringing prepared the soil of my heart and my spirit to attract magic. So in the nineties, when my girlfriends and I were doing baby blessings and house blessings and looking at our shadow selves and using the runes or the tarot, that's really where it began to kind of find a life direction. Cause your twenties are so, you know, filled with indecision often for a lot of us and just trying to find where's your core essence and how can you follow your own unique way of living this world. So that began my introduction. And then in terms of turning towards Wicca, which is the first path within the craft that I turned toward, that was finding the eye of the cat store in Long Beach and taking some classes there. And then I went into massage therapy and the idea that I could hear other people's thoughts and do that energy work when I was working on them. Then that led me to an eclectic fae witch who held sabbats. And so for me, the beginning of my practice is the wheel of the year or the mandala of nature, as my high priestess used to call it. And then sitting in one-on-one -on -one instructions with an elder high priestess of the Druidic craft of the wise of America for three years and applying all the knowledge that I had studied in books and workshops and even attending rituals, but finding out how do I take that information and apply it to my life? I mean, it's one thing to say summer solstice is about the divine male and our expression and the sun and the solar power energy of healing, but how do you take that and apply it toward you know, your husband or yourself, how do you find that divine male within you and within everyday life versus just magical texts and rituals and ceremony? How do you live it? And that was really for me, what took my path to the next level and really inspired me to want to share these learnings with other people. My first book was the Wicca cookbook and that was because I used to go to pagan sabbats and potlucks and a lot of people didn't bring healthy food. They didn't bring seasonal food. They might've brought 
Kentucky fried chicken or something where I was like, this isn't earth loving, you know, we're a earth-based spirituality. Why isn't our food representing that as well? Our connection to nature and to the flow and to what's in season right now, because whatever is in season right now, whatever is happening in nature is a guide to living our life. And I feel that's really an important element about what you bring into your body as well. So that's why I started there. My writing craft and my Wicca witchcraft practice was really trying to integrate it into everyday living and especially the mundane tasks like cleaning or cooking or laundry. Like how do we, how do we bring magic into everything? That's my goal. Which I love. That's what I am all about too. Cause there is, it, it's very easy to have that disconnect there between what you're reading about and studying and then putting it into practice. Right, exactly. And I find that especially when you're reading esoteric texts and it just seems very cerebral and mental and finding a way to break it down to apply those principles that the sabbats, the mandala of nature, you know, our, our ability to meditate on the seasons, what is it teaching me right now? And how how is that showing up in my emotional life? In particular, for me, I particularly like using not well i'm a i'm a capricorn so i'll use that word use a lot <laughs> but, a double capricorn so i use it twice oh but, um, <laughs> but uh i feel like that you know that's really important and for me it's about healing so my second book because the wicca cookbook sold out of its first printing really quickly and so the publisher asked me to write another book which is which was the teen spell book and because really a plot, uh, young people are looking for those answers and the spirituality calls them, I believe, because ma uh, magic calls to, and witches, witchcraft calls to the young people, I believe, because when we are young, we still have that sense of wonder. We do want to believe in magic. We do want to believe that we're guided and we aren't jaded. That might come after raising children or building a career or marrying and divorcing or death or debt or any of the other things that tend to put a damper on our lives as we are young witches that wonder is exactly what we're always looking for so for me I wanted to infuse that in my life in all the places that I had fragmented aspects of my soul because of trauma and difficult times that I experienced. So I went back and wrote meditations and visualizations and affirmations and rituals to bring myself to wholeness, not just on a physical level, but on a mental and emotional level as well. And magic is absolutely perfect for that. It is completely, completely agree with that. And I know that there are a lot of younger listeners on this podcast that feel exactly the same way that they're not they haven't been getting the answers that they've needed and they turn to witchcraft and magic for that and I love that I'm like yes welcome <laughs> this is the place exactly <laughs> exactly exactly and I love that you know wicca witchcraft which comes from the word witcha which means wise so witchcraft is the craft of becoming wise and I believe that path includes listening to nature, listening to our intuition and following the guidance that we feel within that we are always going to be our own best teacher, a hundred percent. 
Absolutely. Well, let's switch to chatting about your new book that is going to be coming out. Uh, I think this episode is going to be airing right before it comes out, but a box of magic is going to be released September 26th. Is that right? Yay. That's my pub date. So excited. (laughs) So excited. They're so fun. It's like, you get a whole new birthday. You get a book birthday, your birthday. It's fabulous. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) So what can readers expect from that book? So what readers can expect from this book is the idea of, I feel like we've lost touch with the one-on-one teachings of magic and witchcraft because so much of it is available online. And, but that's kind of a two-dimensional way of looking at it because you could look at the color red and decide it means passion. And so then you paint your bedroom with it and then you wait for the passion. And I just, I feel like you're, the the correspondences are there, but how to relate them to our lives isn't quite as obvious sometimes. And a box of magic is that guided journey to taking some of these concepts, such as waking up to the fact that you do want to follow your witchcraft practice, that you are going to, going to answer the call to adventure. So how do you start that? So in this book, I will include meditations for what I believe to be the different steps of magic, which is one answering that call. And this next, the next step is to collect your allies, whether they're plant allies or crystal allies or living the sabbats for a year and deciding which is your favorite holiday, which is the one that you could really dive into. So A Box of Magic is a braided book. There is narration and there is memoir and there are spells and rituals and each chapter builds on itself so that the practice lives deeper in you as a kind of not a step-by-step because it's not a hierarchical because this is the mentor part or the memoir part really speaks to the mentor my mentor Connie DeMasters who sent me her collection 15 years after she crossed over I had a most amazing experience. I was at a psychic reading and she asked me to grab a picture of her. Now she had been gone for 15 years and she told the psychic that tell Jamie, I want her to get a picture of me and I want to go on her next book signing tour. So you know how it is. We just go, okay, mentor. Okay. Spirits. I'm hearing I'll follow. Now what, you you know? So I, I put a post out to Facebook and, and her granddaughter was as follows me. She reached out to my mentor's daughter and she sent me her picture. And then two months later, the pandemic had hit. And she asked me if cleaning up, asked me if I wanted all her mother's magical, magical curriculum of, of our books or correspondences that we would type out and sell for a dollar each, maybe 10 pages or something. So I had this huge collection and the most important element of it was making those connections between the correspondences and finding that path to living that life. So a box of magic brings the power of female friendship in the process of becoming a witch and rituals and meditations that underscore the different stages of actualizing the magic within yourself really was just a box of magic showed up at your door. I love that. 
Yeah, it really did. And I just, you know, some of it was kind of, was trippy, kind of some trippy magic with lots of symbols. And I'm like, I'm not even sure what this one means. And, and then also, you know, having to put some things aside because I found work uh, like a correspondence school from 1970 from Dr. Leo Martello. And he was an Italian witch who was a gay activist and very powerful in uh, wedging open the door that young witches today are busting down. And a, a couple of other, the father of the Juridic Craft of the Wise, his book and other, uh, of course, you know, some of the things that we're more familiar with, like the charge of the goddess and the Wiccan read and other aspects that were in there. And I just looked at it for 18 months, not knowing what to do. I was completely honored and overwhelmed. And finally, I heard, uh, I heard the voice of my mentor say, tell them about us. And I thought, all right, darling, let's do that. Let's do <laughs> every time I came in pissed off because my husband had been drunk at the kid's birthday party or my mom was screaming at me like I was still 13. And here I had two witchcraft books under my belt, but I was still struggling in my early thirties to feel the empowered witch. And my mentor helped me get there. And now in this book, we're both teaching. So you get two witches, two priestesses for the price of one. <laughs> yes exactly <laughs> so yeah so it just it was just there and so I had an altar to her with her picture and my first literary agent who I'd been with for 20 years she had crossed over too so it was an ancestor ancestress altar to help me find the path to bring this information to to have, to other people and to share that power of connection in magic because we always say it's our intentions is 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 the most important thing behind our magic but i also find it's the connection because it's one thing to say you're a witch at 11 and experience Samhain. It's another thing to say that at 20, another thing to feel your witchcraft move through you at 30 and another thing at 55, it grows and lives in you as a practice that deepens. And that's, that's what I'm bringing in this book. I'm bringing this full three year journey of learning from a mentor. And that in the end, I hope that readers will feel that they have been mentored and they have been guided and held and that their footsteps don't, they don't feel quite so alone on this path because the solitary practice is kind of how we start. And that's super fun to kind of know what's important to you, but then that those connections and what it means each growing year that and finding new practices. We had lilac go crazy this this summer so i have learned to make lilac lemonade lilac cookies do a facial steam with lilac do a bath make all these different practices because we get more time with it and that's what time in the craft does and that's how we become more wise by learning who our allies are and really feeling that these allies are not just things that we pick up. We don't just go to the lavender because we need to feel calm. I believe that when we really establish a friendship, an ally, a 
relationship with different plants and crystals and even colors that they will call to us. So that lavender is calling us into its state of calm. This There is a reciprocal conversation that is happening in nature and the cosmos all the time. And all we need to do is join the conversation. I think that's going to be a really great resource for a lot of people, because I know that that's a common frustration that people are thinking, you know, anti-anxiety or sleep, and then they grab lavender and amethyst and put it in a purple bag and they, and then they're like, then what? Right. Right. I, I grabbed all these things that these correspondences told me to, but what now? And I think and your book is going to be a great bridge for that. I hope so, because I also want to say like, okay, let's say you do that. Let's say you grab all the correspondences, you get the, the, the amethyst, the lavender, the purple bag. You're like, okay, purple, let's do this, you know? And <laughs> What I think is missing is maybe imagining where you gather that lather, lavender from, imagining the sun pulling on the essential oil and bringing it to the forward so that when you harvested it or whenever, whomever harvested it, that they felt the magic that came with them, that there is an aliveness and a sentience and a consciousness that is behind all our plant allies and all the correspondences that we work with to do our magic that if we actually speak to the uh, spirit of the plant, the spirit of the crystal, the spirit of whatever, a cauldron, a wand, a chalice, whatever you're working with, to work with that spirit of, I'm holding my chalice right now, that is the ability to to be that womb space, that the, the, the place where creation begins. So if I hold that, when I'm getting ready and I'm looking at a blank page and I want to write a blog that day, I might pick up my, my cauldron or my chalice and remember what it represents so that I'm not just drinking out of it, or I don't just put my lavender or my water, uh, moon water in it or something like that, but that it, what it really represents and really connecting to that sentience in all things around us. And even in all places are there are there's a soul of place to everywhere that we can walk on this planet and recognizing that and tapping into it and saying hello really allows that other energy to lean in towards us so this isn't a one-way street this magic this is a two-way street a reciprocal symbiotic conversation and relationship that just deepens with more practice and more attention I appreciate that this book and your teachings are going to be for both beginner witches and advanced practitioners alike, because I know that I am guilty of that as well, of like not always tapping into like thinking about what the deeper meaning is. I tend to like go back to herbs and crystals that I've used all the time and I know that they work and then I just sort of put it together and don't do all of the, like, the work that goes behind it. I'm like, oh, I know this works, but it's yeah. really important to continue to invest in that relationship. I think so. It's kind of like, if you've ever had a friend who's a really good listener and whenever there's something that's going on in your life, you call that friend and you're like, oh my God, so this happened today. Oh my God. And they always have the best advice. You know, it could be a friend, a parent, a, you know, an elder, whatever. And then sometimes you're like, wow, I've been doing a lot of taking. And then you just call them up and say, hi, how are you? What's going on with you? What do you need today? Is there anything I can do for you? And sometimes there isn't, but just having that 
consciousness to step back. And that's partly when we cleanse our crystals, right? We look at them, we're like, Ooh, you're getting muddy. It's time to, you know, put you in the ocean or the Creek or whatever, however you cleanse your crystals, the bath, whatever you do. And the same with the plants, we might go, when we go to harvest them, sing to them, give them a sacred offering. Um, Robin Wall Kimmerer calls it the honorable harvest, you know, so really having a consciousness about the harvesting process. And if they're already your allies and you know how well they are, then, you know, every once in a while, just telling them that they're beautiful, you know, <laughs> that that's enough, I think just it's, but it's a matter of not always going and taking, but offering some recept receptivity for them as well. Some Absolutely. opportunity. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I interrupted you. Completely. <laughs> No, yeah, that's, that's, I think a good reminder for no matter what level you're at or how long you've been doing this, a good reminder to always go back and do that. I think so, because for me, this book is definitely, you know, for as much uh, of the broad spectrum of witchcraft that we have from, from the young ones to, for, to those of us who have been practicing, practicing for decades, I think the number one thing for somebody who has been practicing for a while that you could learn from this book or that's important to maintain is your sense of wonder. We get so used to it, used to that working. You know, when I call, bring up my Kali, you know, big painting and I sit next to it and I said, all right. And I put my bowl in down or my athame and I'm like, help me cut it away. Help me do it. You know, you know, it's going to work, but the wonder of how it happens every time that she shows up because I have a, a bowl of water that I give her. That's me serving her so that when she, I ask for her help, she's ready. And, and the crystals are the same and the plant allies are the same and our drums, our whatever magical tools that we have acquired throughout our practice or that have been given to us um, to sprinkle them with, you know, moon water, you know, just whatever it takes. It's the little things. I think we all get caught up that it's got to be some big practice that you do every Monday at 10 AM. Otherwise you're screwed. You know, like <laughs> you know, we get so, we, you know, we get so like, do these spells really work? Can it really happen? You know, and we get so precise with it, forgetting that our intention and our relationship is the most important thing that recognizing that magic is is a, is a relationship that we have with ourselves, our divine essence, the cosmos, nature, and these allies. And, and, you know, we haven't even like talked about like the animals, you know, if you have, if you're working with like rabbit is one of the animals I work with and not just for abundance, but primarily because it represents fear as well. The fears that might block you, the fears that you still yet, you have yet to transform. You know, you invite them into your life, sit down, have a cuppa with them and go, okay, I appreciate everything that you've done for me to keep me safe. Now we're going to either have to reassign you or you're going to have to leave. <laughs> and so that when, when you see the rabbits, you know, when I see wild rabbits where I live and in different, you know, wanderings, because they're coming to you to remind you that this is an ally and maybe there's, they have a message for you. And also to thank them. Our, our, our gratitude is that is one of my favorite prayers, right? To thank them for being on this walk with us. 
I love that. Do you do that regularly? Is that part of your daily practice or weekly maybe? It's part of the practice that the spontaneous practice, I would call it more. (laughs) That's a good word. It's more the spontaneous practice. So yeah, because I live um, at the edge of the John Muir wilderness. So there's, there's a lot of wilderness around here. So there's a lot of opportunity to be in nature and to have to take a walk and have that sun that just bursts through the clouds or that sudden wind or the hawk or the rose hips that I see or the lake, all these different reminders of the magic that's inherent in anything. And it's like, it's almost like shopping, but for your brain, you know, (laughs) instead of, (laughs) instead of for your closet, you know, for your magical practice, anytime you step outside, there's an opportunity to receive a blessing. And for me, it's a spot, like, yeah, like I said, it's a spontaneous opportunity because, and I do find it to be a little bit easier to come from nature, but also when you live in cities, there's billboards and snatches of conversations and songs that come on different ways that the universe reaches us. It's, I think the universe is our beloved parent and is never going to try and stop reaching us and helping us reach our highest potential and live our most divine essence. Do you have any tips for beginners who aren't great at recognizing those signs or think that they might be hearing from the universe, but they just aren't sure? Yeah. Yeah. I think keeping a journal is, is one good way to, to just kind of record because we need to have a muscle memory that we've done this before. So anytime you, um, you felt that you were watching the, the, the leaves like shimmer a little bit. And you're like, Oh, I feel a little trembling. Oh, that, that tree is trembling with me. And there's that moment where you think, am I batshit crazy? You know, like, <laughs> like I'm talking to trees here. Like, is that okay? Does anyone else do that? You know? And we witches were weird. We are W Y R D weird. That is the way to spell weird. It means fated. It means we were going to come to this path one way or another. It is calling us just like the lavender calls us into the calm. The path calls us to that place. I think journaling is one way. Another way that I like to do that is to hold your heart and say, this is magic to take a moment, to breathe it in, to trust yourself. And the other thing is that Magic always speaks and the quiet to me, at least. And I think for most people, magic speaks in a quiet, still voice. It doesn't scream or yell at you. Of course it will. If there's a car about ready to knock you over, like, yes, that's an emergency situation. (laughs) But for the most part, those signs, those omens, those messages that you get they're they sometimes they're like a straight download, like someone just dropped in the information into your brain and that ability to trust yourself. And if you keep thinking, well, maybe it was this, well, maybe it was that, well, maybe it was this, just go with the one feeling that feels truest. And I feel one of my meditations that I like to do as well. Like if you wanted to take a walk outside, for example, or wake up that morning and say, I'm going to listen to every magical impulse that comes by me. One of the things I do, either one of two visualizations, either I met, I envision the color of every chakra, beginning with my root chakra. And before I get out of bed, I see the red, the orange, the yellow, 
the green, the blue, the indigo, the purple, and the white. I see it all. Boom, 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 boom. And I feel that inner core. The other thing that I do is I hold myself like I am a column within myself. I feel like there's a, a column, a, a central post standing within me. And whether it's your chakras or it's just your divine essence energy. And then I imagine a golden a golden light starting from my toes and beginning to cover my toes, my, my shins, my knees, my hips, all the way up to my shoulders and above my head. And that is the, the divine male energy. That is the energy that is expressive. And then I, sorry, I actually, oh my gosh, I just remembered I start with silver, not with gold. I'm like, I could pretend, but that's not what I do. Okay. The other thing is to remember that we make mistakes and there are spirit holes or opportunities for us to love ourselves and to see our divine humanity and bless it with our divine energy that says, it's okay that you make mistakes. So scratch that first part. The first part is silver. You bring silver up first. And the reason you bring silver up first is because it's like the moon sign, right? The sun sign is what we express and what people see. The moon sign is what we, how we see ourselves and, and what we hold dear to ourselves. And it's the reflection of that expression. So we begin with the silver. We bring up this silver light that is our moon energy. That is that part of us that maybe nobody knows. And we cover ourselves in this eggshell, eggshell, egg shaped light. It begins with our toes and we bring it up over our knees, up over our hips, our shoulders, our head. And then we bring the golden light and the golden light mixes with the silver light a little bit and it comes up and over us in the same way. And then now we have our quiet divine essence with the expression that everyone sees us. And these are protection lights. And then the final one is this pale blue light. And that pale blue light is maybe your higher power or whatever you might call God, goddess, um, higher energy, whatever you might call that divine, divine self that is kind of, that holds that energy for everybody, including ourselves. And you protect yourself with a light blue light and you step outside realizing that your core energy is so protected so that whatever comes through is speaking directly to your core self. And it's not some ambiguous or confusing message that we need to interpret it's the simple messages. It's just that that breeze brought me a sense of calm when I needed it. Wow. That breeze knew exactly what I needed. You know, the sun brought hope, whatever it is, whatever your interpretation, keep it simple. Try not to overcomplicate it and record it and hold it true for yourself and know that you are weird. We are all weird. And that's a good thing because we are following the path that makes us the most wise. Thank you for sharing that. I think that's going to be helpful to a lot of listeners. That was great. Oh, thank you. I appreciate it. And I know that people are going to be looking forward to your book because it is, It I think having that and having, you know, two mentors in there teaching you things makes you feel less weird and less alone in all of this. Even if you are a solitary practitioner, having books like that is really helpful. I think so. And, you know, when I, you know, I came to my mentor with a lot of petulant questions too, you know, which sometimes we have, you know, where I was going through this stuff with my mom in my early thirties. And I, I asked my mentor, how can I say, I love the goddess and still have mommy issues? You know, how, how do we really apply this? 
like talk to me. And those, those, what I tried to do was come up with as, as many of those different questions of I'm scared. What if they judge me? What if they judge my kids? What if they find out, you know, they, you know, those people, um, what if, what if they find out about me, you know, and when I was coming out of the broom closet, it wasn't okay. It was scary. And it is still scary for a lot of people in a lot of different places with a lot of families. When my Mexican grandfather found out an article came out about me in the Orange County Register and he didn't talk to me for two months. I understand the pain and I don't think we talk about it enough of how scary it can be to be this bold and say, yes, I make magic happen every day. Yes, I do. You don't? Oh, that's sad. You should try. It's fun. You know, you know, instead of feeling like we're hiding something, I mean, we can stand in a line at a coffee shop and talk about a red tent ritual that we went to or a new moon ritual. We have come so far to breaking open the glass ceiling, to honoring the divine feminine in equal measure to the divine male, that we are moving forward in all these steps that it looks like sometimes we're stepping back, but we've got each other. And in this book, that's really what did I what I wanted to do is I wanted to be a guide for people. And I wanted to show that it's okay to ask those questions that don't feel terribly enlightened, you know, <laughs> because we don't start off enlightened. We start off with a lot of questions and some of them might make us feel silly. And that's what I wanted to do is show in those memoir sections that even a person who's written 10 books can still ask some pretty dumbass questions sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> and that we're all learning. And that, you know, I hope too that people will seek out a community when if that's right for you. And and that you will find that you will can collect and attract lots of weird people and allies with you and that there are more of us now than there have ever been and that is one of the most beautiful things that I can imagine that we are in the mainstream and we are learning how to empower ourselves with the magic that lives within with the the co-creator that we know we have this original innocence and this innate lovability and this ability to co-create with the divine source. We are doing it every day. And to recognize that we are doing it is so empowering. And I feel like it just injects more love for this world and for the possibilities of the mystery to make manifest in our life. I am very excited for this book to come out and for listeners to be able to get their hands on it. I think it's going to be a really great resource and I appreciate all of the time that you put into it. <laughs> I mean, that's yeah. a, a lot of, a lot of work, a lot of, you know, literal boxes of magic to <laughs> sift through and. Oh my gosh. There's so much in here, Steph. <laughs> make I mean, work out of it. Yes. Yes. I think, I thank you so much. Cause I'm, I'm really excited. I've, I've never co-authored a book with someone who's crossed over. So that's kind of fun. You know, it's, really I, it's very, it's something I, very different. And I think people are really going to get a lot out of it. Yeah. Thank you. I appreciate that. I hope so. Thank you so much for being here today, sharing so much information and meditations. I mean, I think that listeners are really going to love this episode and get a lot from it. So I appreciate your time and your expertise. Thank you. Appreciate your questions and 
your time too. I, everything that you're doing, bringing this weekly with like, you know, you have a weekly practice, to, to, <laughs> to, right. To find people who, who share this love of the craft and, and show so many different aspects of it. So thank you for all the work you do as well. Listeners, that is everything that we have for this week. I will have everything linked over in the show notes at whichwednesdays.com. So you can pre-order the book that will be out soon. You can check out the Instagram website, all of those things that Jamie mentioned. And that is everything that I have for this week. I will see you next week. Need even more? Subscribe to Patreon and YouTube for exclusive bonus content. Order a themed witchcraft box every month through Witch Wednesdays on Etsy. Be sure to follow on Instagram at Witch Wednesdays Podcast. Find all these links and more at witchwednesdays.com.